0: smashing the plateau i'm david schreiner khan with going solo in this show we discuss building your own successful business after a late career job loss
1: all of my existing friends and family they all had jobs so in our culture we're taught to get a great education to get a great job we're not taught to embrace get a great education to go out and be you know be in your own business.
0: Today on episode 11 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with Rochelle Listener. When Rochelle saw her income as a travel agent declining, she realized she needed to do something about it. Listen as Rochelle shares how she reinvented herself to build growing income as a dynamic business growth catalyst. You can find out more about Rochelle and all of our episodes at smashingtheplateau.com going solo. If you're building your own business after a late career job loss, let's talk. Go to our website at smashingtheplateau.com and click on schedule time with David to speak with me. Now, before we jump into this incredibly important topic with Rochelle, I'd like to talk about CAS Source. If you're creating content that gives real value, ideas, information, a story, a gift, or entertainment, and you want to build connections with your audience, call the marketing team at Source. They'll help you with the creative and the execution of the creative. Learn more by visiting cascm.com. Now let's welcome Rochelle Listener. In her company, Dynamic Business Growth, Rochelle works with businesses that have reached a level of success and want to ramp it up. They're doing well and would like to continue consistent incremental growth. This means staff needs to be increased and operations revisited. Managing time, budget, and resources can often get overwhelming. Success depends on the ability to scale the owner and the key staff. Rochelle, welcome to the show.
1: Well, thank you for having me.
0: Rochelle, you've been in your business for some time now.
1: Could you imagine, yes, thank God.
0: Yeah, what, what year did you launch your business?
1: It's about 12 years now, if you can imagine. It's like one hot chew and 12 years goes by.
0: Wow. Uh, well, first of all, congratulations on running a successful business for 12 years. You've certainly beat the odds.
1: And I thank you. Thank you for congratulating <laughs> me and honoring and, and recognizing that.
0: What's your sweet spot in what you do?
1: My sweet spot, I've got a couple. One of the sweet spots is literally zeroing in on a company and looking at if we're going to focus on one thing, what could make the biggest difference to the impact of the organization? That's my sweet spot. A lot of people are too diluted. They're doing too many things and nothing is moving. So I always ask, what can we focus on? That if if we are going to put our talent and efforts into it, it would make the biggest impact on the profit.
0: And what kinds of results do clients typically get?
1: the result is it varies number one very often a client will go into a new venue so they'll get a, they'll have a brand new venue to move into so that's a huge huge profit opportunity that's one result another result is that they're building their infrastructure and the key thing is that the the owner of the company is not carrying the entire business that is huge you can only carry so much on your shoulder And when you start to delegate and create the structures for delegation, for training, the owner can actually take a vacation, leave the office, and the the operation is absolutely functioning without him. It's huge.
0: Right. So I'm guessing that the business owner feels a lot better after setting up the kind of infrastructure that you help them achieve.
1: Oh, they absolutely feel better. And they also, they're they're making more money with less of their input in it. They can actually sleep at night. It's amazing.
0: Right. So more money, less time, less time needed to work on the business and uh, probably opportunities to save money as well.
1: Well, it's not so much to save money. They're reinvesting it into into the organization. The key is, is that it's growth and it's scalable and they have choices. They can either sell it later on, you know, Five or 10 years down the road, they have an asset and it's different. They have an asset that they can sell. They have an asset that they could grow with. They can pass it on. It it creates a much different area of opportunity.
0: And how do you feel when you're able to support businesses in the way that you do?
1: Oh, it's, I can't even tell you. It's I feel like it's glory, glory, hallelujah, because it's not just the business. Businesses have a ripple effect. When a business does well, they do well for their companies, they do well for their employees, they do well for their families, they do well for their communities. So it has such a ripple effect that I'm so proud to be part of that.
0: Yeah. So looking back on, on your history in your own business, what comes to mind about why you're focusing on the kind of work that you do?
1: Well, it goes back to very early on. It really goes back to the New York. It's the New York story. You know, during 9-11, there's so many companies that were brought to its knees. There were so many companies. And I looked around and I said, you know what? If New York needs to build back and it needs the reputation of being that financial star that everybody can look towards, well, what do we need to do? We need to get businesses up and running again for several reasons. So, number one, when I think that businesses are up and running and New York is doing great financially, you know, that whole terror thing, you know, terrorism doesn't win. And it is so important for me to be part of that, to be part of the rebuilding of the solution and of everybody going forward from a perspective of strength. And I love being part of that.
0: Yeah. What a great mission. What prompted you to start a business in the first place?
1: Well, I didn't wake up one morning and say, you know, this is Monday and I'm starting a business. Boy, did it not happen like that. There were little whispers. And I always go back to that story, you know, knock, knock, who's there. So my previous career, I was a travel agent. And as a travel agent, in just about 2000, uh, the industry was changing pretty drastically. So I had quite a bit of hints that it was time for me to change. Number one, it was 9-11 because after nine eleven, you know, in the beginning, nobody traveled. They were too frightened and they were too depressed and like, how the heck did this happen? So that you know, the idea of travel was not in their in their in their eyesight. They couldn't even imagine it. Number two, I had a very large part of my business was all Asia. I had a lot of people that went to Asia on business. And then we had the SARS epidemic. So, okay, nobody went to Asia because of that SARS epidemic. And then number three, I had a huge booking to the Caribbean over the Christmas holiday. It was about 40 people, huge booking. Now, at that time, six weeks prior to Christmas, it was in Cancun. They had a huge hurricane and the hotel was leveled. So I started to think that every single time there was sort of opportunity to expand my business, something happened outside of me, which I couldn't control. And it almost leveled it again. So we had 9-11, which was terrorism. I had SARS, which is a plague. And then I had what I saw, a hurricane, which was a natural disaster. So I thought these were signs that were telling me it's time to change, it's time to reinvent, and it's time to look at different opportunities. So while that was still in, that whisper got very loud, I started to explore different options. And that's what prompted me, because I thought that I can continue being in travel, but it would never really arise to the degree that it did. So if I had to start all over and if I had to do something, what would give me the best opportunity long-term, not short-term? Short-term, there were, there's a lot of sacrifice, but long-term, that's where the benefit comes in.
0: Rochelle, what was the trigger that turned off your work as a travel agent and, and turned on the start of a new business? Was it like one day you woke up and said, okay, I'm out? Or was there another kind of trigger?
1: Well, it wasn't one day. It, what happened was, as I said, these were three big situations that took place, and I realized that my revenue was going down. So it was time to start exploring. So the, the eye-opening experience was I was always interested in business development for my own business and travel. So I'd gone to a lecture one evening around sales, and I noticed this facilitator, And for some reason, I asked myself an interesting question. Rochelle, do you think you can do that? And the response was, you know, you think you might. So what I did was I sent this person an email and I requested, I said, do you think there's any shot that you'd be willing to mentor me? And I was very surprised by the result. He said, yes. Now, he did have programs. I don't want you to think that this was complimentary, but he did have programs And which is what I signed up for. And that's how I started to turn and create my next uh, opportunity and my business. When you find a mentor or a coach or some sort of course, when you focus on something and you have direction, and especially if you do have that mentor, they can reduce the learning curve by years. And I was very lucky. That's exactly what happened.
0: So how long did it take you from the time you first wrote that email until you felt like your new business was up and running and had some stability?
1: It took a while. I don't want to, people to think it is not like a hot chew. And the next thing you know, you're in business. It took a, I think until I was finally breathing and realized that there was stability and I can do this. And there's su- this real substance here close to three years.
0: Yeah. Three years. Uh, that So You're right. So not overnight.
1: But there was growth all the way. If I was not making progress all the way, I never would have made it to three years. But I had consistent progress over time. And therefore, I knew it was going to happen. I knew it. It wasn't a matter of if. I was very committed to when. And because I did have this consistent growth, I I stuck it out. It's the persistence that really does a lot.
0: And also how long from the time you sent that email until you stopped working in the travel business?
1: A little under a year, maybe less than that. It was pretty It was pretty quick.
0: Okay. And once you actually stopped working in the travel business, uh, like day one in your new business, how did it feel?
1: Here's what I want everybody to know. I believe that in the beginning of when you're starting out on your own, the business is irrelevant. It's almost irrelevant. I believe that what we have to challenge more so than the business is the fear and terror. I knew that I can do whatever it was that I would want to do. What I needed to work on was the fear of how can I do this? Is it? Good? It's that inner dialogue. That inner dialogue is what can take most of us off the court. And unfortunately, very often we don't get the support we need from our families because our families are projecting their fear onto us as well. Well, Rochelle, what do you mean you're going to go into your own business? You're not going to have health insurance. What do you mean you're going to go into your own business? What happens if? And they start creating this laundry list. And if I were to listen to them, I would have, you know, frightened myself out of moving forward. I really believe that in in general, when you're changing, there'll be a hundred people that will tell you why you cannot do something. And I believe you have to find the one person. That will tell you, yes, you can do it. And I was very lucky that while I was going on a lot of training, I did meet somebody who was a real big support for me emotionally and kept saying, Rochelle, you're on the path, you're making progress, you know, just keep doing it. You're going, you're going strong. Keep it up. And I that voice overrode the my inner dialogue of what the heck are you thinking? Really important, I believe that the beginning of of business is challenging the fear. Mm -hmm. The fear, the comfort zone. We're not, in our culture, we're not supported in being uncomfortable. The minute you're uncomfortable, people want you to do something to, I guess, um, to get out of the discomfort immediately. We don't know how to sit in it. We don't know how to work through it. And I think that's what most people who are starting out in any kind of change, they have to prepare for that.
0: So in addition to finding at least one person who could provide you with some support, emotional support that you could do this and it would help you overcome the fear, are there other things or other techniques that you use to be able to deal with the fear and not look for instant relief of the pain?
1: Oh absolutely. I thought the biggest thing in the beginning of business is all mindset. I did a lot of reading around it and with reading they'll always give you different techniques on how you can work with fear when it when it gets triggered and it gets triggered very high. There's a lot of methods. So one is could be You know, a lot of people want to do meditation because that brings the emotion down. There are breathing exercises that you can use. There's something called EFT, emotional freedom technique, that works on how to stop the fear from taking over. So once you realize that you have techniques that can work on alleviating the fear, I mean, at least I did. I was able to move forward. And also, you want to have positive people around you. When people started to tell me gloom and doom stories, I always worked to them and I said, I I respectfully recognize that you want to help and support me, but your negative feedback and your negative horror stories and your negative storytelling is not going to do it. So unless there's something encouraging and positive to tell me, please keep those opinions to yourself.
0: Wow. That's pretty powerful.
1: Boundaries are critical. I did not allow anyone to rain on my parade. Not, it just wasn't, I would not allow it.
0: Good for you. So how did you surround yourself with the right kind of people? Besides, you know, you mentioned one or two that were uh, were really key. Are there other ways that you surrounded yourself with the right people?
1: You almost need to create an entire new universe for yourself because the old universe doesn't recognize what you're going through. All of my existing friends and family they all had jobs so in our culture we're taught to get a great education to get a great job we're not taught to embrace get a great education to go out and be you know be in your own business that's changing drastically today because i think there's so many younger people that aren't trying to go out on your own That's why we have such a huge startup community now. And if you want to see how great it is, you can just go into all these WeWork locations, and the entrepreneur spirit is just so alive and well. But when I started out, it wasn't that way. So I had to look for it. And you can look for it through networking opportunities. There's so many people in networking, in sort of um, associations, If you're going through any kind of training, you're going to find these support people within the trainings that you're going through. And you need to create that insular group that can help you and support you as you move forward.
0: Yeah, well said.
1: And you don't need a lot of people. You don't need a lot. You need like three or four. You know, you don't need a lot. I don't want people to think that they have to create a team of God knows what. And I really believe that here's the key. Get clear on this. Isolation kills success. And I want to get clear on that. Let me repeat that again. Isolation kills success. When somebody is isolated, what they really need is to create a team.
0: Hey, Rochelle, what advice do you have for someone who may have less of a runway to make the kind of shift that you made? Um, so let's say somebody has been an employee for 20, 25, 30 years, done well, done a good job, produced quality work, well-paid she or he walks into their office. We're recording this on a Thursday. They walk into their office on a Thursday morning thinking they're going to their desk like they've done for many years. And instead of going to their desk, uh, they're greeted by the security officer who asks them to turn over their keys, turn over their laptop, turn over their company-owned cell phone and walk out the door. What do you suggest they do on day one?
1: I can really break this down. This is very interesting because um, I hate to say it, but it's what you just described is pretty common today. It's very, very common. And it's very common for what I call middle, middle management um, individuals. They're making very high salaries. And when they're making a high salary, a lot of corporations feel that they can be replaced with somebody, you know, maybe two or three years less experience, where their pay is quite a bit less. So there's a lot that you need to do with that number 1 which is I don't think people take the time to recognize is that they've just there's there's a grieving that needs to go through. They've just been shocked. They've just, you know, the carpet's been pulled out from under them and they just don't know what the heck happened. So number 1 recognize that there is a grieving process. Understand what that grieving process is and recognize that you'll be going through that because initially your emotions are just so raw and you're dealing with, you know, again, fear. You're dealing with like you're, you're angry. How dare they take care, you know, just dispose of me after all these years of service and that I've got. you know, I've given them. I'm so bright that based on my know-how, they've increased their profits by millions. How dare they let go of me? So, you're really dealing with anger, you're dealing with rage, you're dealing with like how the nerve of them, and you're also dealing with fear. So, recognize that you have all these emotions coming up at once. Number one, I suggest that you journal these emotions because the key is to get these emotions out of your system. If they're in the system, it's just going to enhance the the body discomfort and it will just aggravate the the anger. You've got to have a way to release the anger. So that's number 1, you would want to recognize and kind of address the anger, the disappointment and the fear. Number 2, you do want to start creating your your system around you. Who can best support you in different areas? So you want to start creating plan B. What did you always want to do or feel that you have the ability to do that that can be your new path? And you don't come up with an idea immediately. You just don't. I mean, I didn't. Mine came to me by accident when I went to a, a lecture in the evening. But you want to look at what are your strengths? What do you love doing? Where do you think there can be future opportunity? And you need to brainstorm that very often by yourself and with others, because very often others see strengths in you that you don't recognize that you have because it's so intuitive. So number one is you want to you know release the anger. Number two is you want to brainstorm with people to come up with one or two ideas. When you have an idea, you want to put the plan in place. What are the steps that I need to take in order to make this happen? Why am I the one that can make this happen? What is it about this idea, this opportunity, this business situation that I'm totally skilled to deliver on? So that's the skill component. But now we have the second component. If I'm great at that skill, what do I need to learn about business that can support making this happen? very often people do go into business because they have a great skill but what they don't understand is they don't understand business and under business and david you're familiar with this they don't understand finance they don't understand what profit is like what is profit how do you get there so they need to understand finance and to, and especially in today's market you must understand sales and marketing if you do not if you're not willing to embrace sales and marketing, the chances of your company or your idea going forward is not in your favor. So I would suggest is look at where your talent is and what's your talent gap and how can you fill in that talent gap? Can you get educated on it? And if you think that you cannot get educated on it, how can you outsource it? So if you can recognize that, create a very simple step-by-step plan, the chances of you moving forward and doing well is in your favor. And the key is you don't have to get it right, you have to get it started. Because once you're on the path, your power is recognizing that you can always course correct. When people wait and wait and wait until their business plan or their idea is perfect, they never get on the court.
0: Well said. But Rochelle, you've now been in business for more than a decade. What's, what are your future plans?
1: I'd like to expand what I'm doing right now. You know, one of the things that through my business that I've recognized that I had a skill for is being able to speak about a company's business. I always say, are you storytelling or are you boring telling? And I started to work with people, believe it or not, that are in the what I call the unemployable framework is number one of two things. If they're looking for a new opportunity, how do they speak about their skills in a way that's inviting for others that can say, you know what? I really need this person. Let me bring him in. Let me talk to him. Very often people are, they speak, when they speak about what they do, they're very common, they're boring and they're long-winded. I always say in business or if you're looking for an opportunity to get employed, I always say, are you storytelling or boring telling? Right. When you can tell a dynamic story, either about yourself or about your business, that's what creates the connection, and that's what create people wanting to know more. So expanding that part of my business is something that I'm looking into. And the other area that I'm looking into is creating online products, because there are things that I can break down very easily for people. That if they're really motivated and they can do it yourself, they'll be able to break it down and implement it and move forward.
0: Rochelle, if someone wants to go deeper with anything that we've discussed today or learn more about you, get in touch with you, access any resources you have, where would they go?
1: My website, which is dynamicbusinessgrowth.com, or they can send me an email at Rochelle at dynamicbusinessgrowth.com and also look me up on LinkedIn which is Rochelle Listener and you can send me a message there I, I get back to mostly every and I'm one of those few people that will actually call somebody back so if you actually hear a message with a voice associated to it it could probably be me sounds
0: great. Well, Rochelle, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. My guest today has been Rochelle, listener, founder of Dynamic Business Growth. Thank you again, Rochelle, for joining us. And thank you. When you visit the Going Solo website at smashingtheplateau.com slash going solo, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mention on the show. Today, we learned how Rochelle Listener went from travel agent with decreasing income to become a dynamic business growth catalyst with growing income. If you are building your own business after a late career job loss, let's talk. Go to our website at smashingtheplateau.com and click on Schedule Time with David to speak with me. Remember to subscribe on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review if you can. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you help us bring Going Solo to you for free. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.